Jesus promised his disciples in Acts 1.8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Welcome to You Shall Receive Power. And here are your hosts, Etienne McClintock and Colin Hone. Greetings, dear listener. Welcome to You Shall Receive Power and joining Colin and myself today as we continue our study in regards to God's last warning for His church. Now, we are getting our material from this book, 50 Days Prayers and Devotionals to Prepare for the Latter Rain and Christ's Return, written by Pastor Dennis Smith. And we are now looking at the days from day 44 onwards. So we're going to take our time as we work through these themes because we believe they are really important. And, you know, we've been praying about it and we feel that this is the right thing to do. So we don't rush these messages, but we get time to consider them, absorb them and let them sink in and get the Holy Spirit to really impress in our mind the important messages, the truths that God has for this time. The gospel in an end time setting or in a judgment hour setting, as we see in Revelation chapter uh, 14 with the three angels' messages. But as we start, we just want to invite God's presence in our study today. We just invite you to bow your heads as well with us. Gracious Father in heaven, such a privilege to have another opportunity to spend time on your word, and we just pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit to guide and lead us into all truth. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Colin, in our last program, we looked at the prophecies of Jesus concerning the end of time and also the fact that he mentioned four times about not to be deceived, that many will be deceived, and there will be many lies, signs, and lying wonders that, if possible, could even deceive the very elect. And only those who receive the love of the truth should they, so that they would not believe a lie would actually be saved from this deception and ultimately be saved to meet Jesus Christ, who's coming very, very soon. That's right, Eddie, and it's incredible how much Jesus and even other writers in the Bible talk about Satan's deceptions, even in their day, but specifically in the last days. There'll be constant deceptions. And, you know, it comes and even talks about that many, even God's people themselves, will be deceived, if possible. If possible, that's right. If possible. Mm. And so Jesus has given his word uh, how not to be deceived. So we stick to his word. And then also we spoke about the uh, prophecies in the Bible concerning Jesus' first coming. And obviously there's Jesus' second coming as well. Mm. We looked at all the prophecies in God's word. Uh, And so we're going to be talking a lot about prophecy. We're going to be talking about how not to be deceived. And some of the deceptions over the next few um, programs that, that Satan is bringing, not only outside the church, but even Within the church. Okay, so we've had a, like a micro, macro look, really, and we're going to get a little bit more micro. So we've looked at the whole world and the deception of the whole world. Now we're going to bring it a little bit more closer to God's church and the deception that Satan would try to work, if possible, within the church itself. That's right. So we're going to unpack that as we go along mm. over over these sessions. Some of the things that he'll be doing, even within the church. Mm. And um, But if you have God's word and you have Jesus, uh, you don't have to be deceived. That's right. You know, there's some texts that come to mind, like, the, you know, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, or thy word have I hid in my heart so they might not sin against thee. Um, you know, all these elements in the Bible that says how important the word of God is. And Jesus said, you know, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. So that, sanctification is very, very important, but it's the word of God that does the sanctifying. That's true. That's true. So we looked at Matthew chapter 24 and, and many other verses talking about Jesus' second coming and some of the things that will be happening around the world. And 
externally, floods, natural disasters, uh, earthquakes, famines, wars, famines, yeah, all yeah. that. Sort of, but also within the church, where there'll be false prophets and even false Christs. Mm. And interesting that they're always linked to lawlessness. They're always yeah. against even false prophets, and even when when Satan himself appears as Jesus himself. Mm. There's always a underlying, you'll notice, that they're lawlessness. They just in some way want to lead you away from Jesus, not necessarily from Jesus because some of them appear as Jesus Mm. and false prophets, but they want you to lead you away from obedience to God's law. I've always noticed that. It seems to be time after time. You go through the whole Bible, through the Jewish nation, you go and look at um, through kings, through uh, False prophets always want to lead God, at least God's people, away from obedience to his law. Mm. And we started right in the Garden of Eden, didn't it? Satan deceived Adam and Eve, right, deceived them to do what? Well, to break God's commandments. To disobey God's law, to not trust God, Mm. not to believe in his word. Mm. Because God said this, but he said, did God really say that? That's right. It's always this. It's always to undermine God's word. And under and ultimately to lead people away to disobey God's word and his law. Mm. You'll always notice that. I mean, even in, remember in Matthew chapter 7, we discussed that last time, where in Matthew chapter 7, it, it, Jesus is saying, listen, um, don't be deceived again. Mm-hmm. You know, many people are going to be doing miracles in my name. They're going to be doing wonderful works in my name. And what's he say to them? I don't know you. Yeah, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So what's lawlessness? Well, it's transgression of the law. So again, you see this, this, there are people who are even saying they're Christians, yet they're doing away with God's law. Mm. Or uh, we don't have to keep God's law. Well, let's disobey God's law and it's still okay. It's just always this, this convergence to lead us away from obedience to God's law. Well, but God, what has God said? If you love me... Keep, keep my, my com- commandments. Keep my commandments. Now, it doesn't mean we better keep the commandments of God. Yeah, it's know. not a legalistic approach to no. it. It's a faith approach. I remember a story where the, this lady met a man, and after a few weeks they got married. And then, uh, you know, one morning they wake up, and he brings out this piece of paper of a list of all the rules. This is how I want my clothes to be ironed. This is how I want my food to be cooked. This is how I want right. uh, you know, things to be clean. And he came with a whole bunch of rules mm. about how to do things, how to make me happy, how to do things. And it says she was miserable. He ended up being a real rat bag, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And she was miserable. And, well, eventually um, he died, fortunately for her, but, but she was released from, right. from, from that. From that tyranny. From yeah. that tyranny. <laughs> anyway, next time she met somebody, but she took her time this time and met someone who was a lovely man, and they were married and, and uh, had a wonderful, happy marriage. And then one day she was cleaning out uh, her closet, and she found this, this piece of paper of all the rules from her first husband. Mm. And she looked around the rules, and she looked at rule one. Uh, I want my clothes ironed this way. And she goes, she looked at her marriage at the now. She says, well, that's, I do that now. Right. I want my food cooked this way. She says, well, that's what I'm doing now. Mm. And she went through all the list of rules, and she was found that she did every single one of them with a new husband. But the motivation was from love. Oh, yeah, amen. You see? I Not like, from a legalistic like point, it. but from love. And that's mm. why we, we obey God, because we love him. 
because mm. we appreciate who he is, what he's done for us. Yes, and we true. know whatever he asks us to do is for our for our good. Mm. You know, he, he, like he says in Jeremiah, I have plans to what? Not to harm you, plans to prosper you. Mm. God give loves you a us. a future and a hope. That's, That's right. right. Mm. That's right. So, you know. So the one that wants to undermine that relationship, that love relationship, is, is the adversary, the devil. What Satan. does he do? Get you to doubt God's word. Mm. Always get you to doubt God's word. And the word. power of God to do exactly what he said he would do. That's yeah. right. Or And to lead you ultimately away to disobeying mm. God's law. He, Satan hates God's law. I mean, who is he making war on? In Revelation chapter 12, uh, in the last days, it says God's last day church. Yeah. Who is he actually making war on? Well, it's what's left over. It's the remnant or the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So he's making war on what, what, what's the thing that he hates them doing? Well, the commandment keeping. It says he was wroth with the, with the rest of her seed. Her, the woman of the remnant. church, yeah. yeah. So who keep the commandments of God. He hates the commandments of God. Mm. And so he'll do anything he can to bring any deception, any apostasy, will lead people away from, A, keeping, obeying God's law, or that sin cannot be overcome. That's right. Well, it unmasks him. If there's a people who keep the commandments of God, it unmasks his deceptive lies because here's a people that actually prove that what God said about his commandments, that it can't be kept, is true. Mm. That's right. I mean, what are the three angels' messages all about? It's about worship. It's about the gospel. It's about obedience. In the end, it, it is a people who are giving a warning to the world, mm. unmasking Satan's deceptions of yes, what he's going to that's do. Right. And then in saying, word and deed. In word and deed. Mm. And it says the characteristics of those who give the three angels a message, it says here are they that have the faith of Jesus. So they have the faith of Jesus and they keep the commandments of God. Mm. Okay, the ultimate God is trying to lead us back into obedience in a relationship with him in obedience to keep the commandments out of love. That's right. I mean, the devil uses lots of things to, to, to bring that about. So not that people deliberately want to go into rebellion, but sometimes they are deceived by the devil. And it talks about, you know, the devil using signs and lying wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. Yeah, Matthew chapter 24, yeah. 24. And then we read, you know, you mentioned before there in Matthew chapter 7, where there's some people who said, Lord, Lord, you know, um, haven't we prophesied in your name? So these are what they call prophets. They've prophesied in God's name, but they are false prophets and, and cast out Christ. demons in your names. That's right. And have done many wonders in your name. And then Jesus said, you know, I never knew you depart from me who work lawlessness or iniquity. But then we can get to Revelation, you know, that last day uh, deception there. We see there in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 13, and it says, I saw three unclean spirits. So three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon. Who's dra- the, so who's the dragon? The Satan. Yep. Or it could be spiritualism, you know. Yeah. Um, the dragon out of the mouth of the beast. Who's the beast? The beast is uh, Catholicism. Or pa- apostate, papacy. Apost- yeah, papacy. papacy yep. And then out of the mouth of the false prophet. Um, we haven't done a study on the false prophet. No. But maybe we'll do that one day. That's but right. But the, the false prophet talking about here, if you look at Revelation chapter 13, mm. it talks about this beast rising out of the sea and a beast rising out of the earth. That's right. And that beast rising out of the earth who comes to power happens after 1798. Yes. So you have to look at a worldwide power. Okay, that mm. looks like a lamb speaks, you know, but speaks then ends up like speaking a like a dragon. Right. A lamb representing Christ, but actually is motivated by the the spirit of the dragon. Yeah, yeah. a country worldwide superpower built on the Christian values, mm. built on the lamb. Uh, but there's a metamorphosis that takes place because he, although he looks like a lamb, he starts speaking more and more like a dragon. That's right. So and, we, we could do a, we can do a study on that some other time. Yeah, but yeah. basically, it's the daughters of uh, papacy who 
who agree with her. Apostate Protestantism, yeah, because it says, you know, these are the spirits of demons performing signs. So it shows signs and miracles, and they deceive the whole world to gather them together to the great battle of God Almighty. That's right. And you just remember that also in Revelation 18.1, it says most of God's people are in Babylon. In Babylon, which Come is out of my people. Which is false well, confusion. Confusion Bab- about the character of God. That's what Babylon means, confusion. Confusion. Mm. So let's keep going on. Yeah. It says, you know, Matthew, sometimes, you know, when we look around the world, events are so terrible and destructive that one might conclude that things are out of control. Mm. You know, however, this is not the case. God is sovereign. He reigns in heaven and on earth. And we yes. can find that in First Chronicles Chapter 16, verse 31. Mm, which it, says that God reigns. That's right. He reigns and, heaven and earth. And we already saw that in Matthew 24, our previous lesson, where it says that God will cut his work short. That's right. So there's going to be a lot of deception mm. around, mm. you know, and n- not only outside in the world, but also in the church, false prophets and Christ. So we need to be able to unmask and find out what is deception. And the best way to know what deception is is to know the truth. Absolutely. And if you know God's word, like, for example... You know, we know God's word that we know how Jesus is going to return with all his angels and after the seven plagues and after have fallen and the dead are going to be raised and those who are alive are going to be raised up into the clouds and he's going to come back in the clouds with all his angels and it's going to be visible, audible. It's going to be the most amazing event in the whole history of earth. No one is going to know, not know it. Yes. Um, you know, if you know God's word, then you won't be deceived, even if some being appears saying, hey, listen, and doing miracles like Jesus does. Mm. And the whole world will go after it, the Bible says, because people look at things in their eyes and their ears where we rely on God's word despite, despite mm. what's happening. Yeah, we are very sensory, sensory beings. You know, the first deception that came on, on the human race through Eve, she used touch. She used sight. She used taste, taste, you know, and probably smell as well, you know. So what happens is when we gave into those senses, we are very sensory. So what happens is it's very easy for the devil to deceive us through our senses because of that weakness we've received. And a desire for greater exaltation as well. Yeah. There's always that desire, hey, you can be like God himself. Mm. Wow. Well, that's a big temptation, isn't it? And you, you can, can be determine like, good and evil for yourself. You, you don't can be like God. He's actually holding back something from you, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. this element of doubt. Mm. So... But we know that um, nothing happens without God's permission. Well, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. God even sets up kings and rulers and removes them. You well, were, he, yeah, he, yeah, that's right. He permits things to happen, but he does set up kings and rulers, and we see that clearly in the Bible, don't we? That's right. Well, you even remember in the book of Job, you know, poor old Job, you know, when you look at what happened to him, mm. Job didn't know what was going on. Behind no. the scenes, though, there was this great controversy between God and Satan, mm. the devil. Satan had just said, hey, listen, you look after Job, you protect him. And, you know, God points out to Job and says, you know, hey, listen, look at Job on planet Earth. Yeah. Obeying me, a man after my own heart, Mm. a righteous man. And Satan's, you know, just walking to and from Earth, thinking that this is under his rulership. And guess what? It wasn't. There were people who worshiped God. And God's pointing him out. And he says, oh, yeah, he's only doing that because you protect him. That's right. You, you put, put your angels around, around him yeah. like that. <laughs> and he says, you take away all that and he'll curse your name. To your and face. so God right. allowed that to happen, all those things to Job, to see if that was true. Mm. And in the end, Job vindicated God's belief in him. He vindicated God, didn't he, in well, the end? 
So Satan so, was cl- claiming complete rulership of the earth, and then God was saying, well, here's one man that actually proves the fact that you're not. That's got right. Control of everybody on the planet. And the Bible says that God even sets up kings and rulers and removes them. Mm. And we look at that in Daniel chapter 2, verse 21. It says, And he changes the times and the seasons, and he removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. That's right. So man and nature are all under sovereign rulership, and God, nothing happens without God's permission. Now, some will argue there have always been these kinds of terrible events mm. throughout history. And that is true. However, today they are different. They are taking place more frequently and more severe. Mm. So, like, and like Jesus says, it'll be like the birth pains. You know, as as a baby comes, there is um, contractions, yes. and they and they get more what frequent and more more intense and more intense until the birth, yeah. which is the ultimate. And then after, so this is what Jesus is talking about. Mm. And so they're happening more frequently and more intense. And Paul describes our time with these words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3. He says, this is what it'll be like as mm. well. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Wow. So they're going to say peace and safety, just like in the days of Noah. Mm. Hey, where's the rain? Yeah, that's right. Where's the rain? And, and, and the door was closed. You know, and by the way, it wasn't Noah that closed the door. He just said, go into the ark, and mm. then some hands seemed to shut God the door. Shut and an for angel. seven days, there was mm. no rain. And they're going, peace, and everything's fine. But then the rain came, as we know. Yeah. I mean, everybody around the world is always working towards peace, and they will probably have a short momentary time of peace. But human nature being what it is, no peace accord lasts forever, does it? Yeah. And as I said, we look around the destructions coming upon the earth today. They're more frequent and destructive. You know, the earthquake and tsunami off the coast of Indonesia – Affected more countries and killed more people than any other natural d- disaster in recorded history. Mm. You know, not long after that, we, as you said before, we had the J- Japanese were hit with a major earthquake and tsunami. Mm. You know, we had these hurricanes hitting uh, America. Yeah, we had the there Katrina. Were three or four in a row there just recently. Yeah, yeah, well, you remember Katrina, and then just this year, you had that one that just completely put uh, the fourth largest city in America underwater. Mm. And you hear about uh, other cities around the world and that uh, destruction happening. Uh, you know, Hurricane Sandy, you know, we just put New York underneath and that what happened in uh, on the eastern eastern United States. And and I believe we've reached that time where, where you know, Ellen White uh, writes in the Spirit of Prophecy in Evangelism, page 27, she says, calamities will come, mm. calamities most awful and most unexpected, and these destructions will follow one after another. It just seems as they're one after another another. That's right. Like and, you we, said. and we did see this uh, this year, 2017, you know, we're we getting into 2018. But in 2017, we did see three hurricanes, one after the other, coming towards America. There was a fourth one as well, but that turned away from them. So the fact that we're seeing them following one after another now, we're going to see more and more of that as time it's uh, gonna, wraps up. It's going to just keep keep going. And, you know, like, like, like Jesus says, there'll be false prophets that also be true prophets. Mm. They'll be true prophets. Yes. Because even Amos 3.7 says the Lord does nothing before he reveals to his servants the, the prophets. prophets. That's right. Even he said in the in the Bible there's three uh, you know, different types where in the Bible, in the New Testament, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And one of those gifts is prophecy. And do you think that God would not have the gift of prophecy in the last days? Uh, if he has false prophecy, he's going to have, have true prophets. And, you know, how do we know what a true prophet is? 
how do you tell the difference between a false and true prophet, Etienne? Well, you- there's uh, there's many examples in the scripture that we can we can look at to see whether a prophet is genuine or or not. And we can test them. There's a number of tests. I don't know. Should we do a little bit of a study on that? Well, Just I think it's important because, you know, we, we're, um, we're going to be, you know, using some of um, Ellen White's writings. Uh, we call it the spirit of prophecy. Yes. And uh, we believe that Ellen White had the gift of prophecy. Hmm. Um, and, you know, we need to test prophets. It says to test them uh, in the Bible. And just like there's false prophets, there's true prophets. Yeah. Okay. And so there are tests that we can do uh, to look at that. Do you, do you have some of those? Yeah. Well, maybe we can just talk about the role of a prophet as well and what the yeah. important. You know, God uses prophets to reveal the things that will happen. It says that God will do nothing until he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And you quoted that Amos 3 verse 7. But also it was since uh, man's fall and sin entering the world that God spoke, spoke to us primarily through prophets because he now speaks to us in dreams and visions. Um, through the prophets, where with Adam and Eve before their sin, he could speak to them face to face. But no one who is a sinner can actually live in the presence of God, see his face and live. And we see that example with, with Moses, you know. He asked to see God's glory, and God showed him as much as he possibly could, but he actually had put him in a cleft of a rock, on a rock, to protect and shield him, and he took his hand away so he could only see what he could possibly handle. But he, but but God said to him, if you saw my face, you would die. Okay, so, so we're going to look at... God's way of speaking to men, the gift of prophecy first. Mm. So um, Hosea 12.10, Hosea 12.10, you know, because since man's fallen to sin, God speaks to us primarily through his prophets, right throughout the Bible. He speaks through his prophets, and then finally he speaks through his son. Um, but also after Jesus went back to heaven, God spoke through what? Peter and James, and they all, right. had the, they all had the gift of prophecy. And we also look in Revelation chapter 12, it says one of the one of the uh, characteristics of God's last day church is that they'll have the gift of prophecy. Uh, Revelation twelve says Satan goes to make war on those who keep the commandments of God and have what the testimony of Jesus. Jesus, that's right. And you read in Revelation chapter nineteen mm. that uh, testimony of Jesus, Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy. So that's right. we know that in the last days there'll be false prophets, there'll be true prophets. So let's look at some of the way God speaks to His. Um, Well, we've got uh, Hosea chapter 12 and verse 10, and it says, I have also spoken by the prophets and have multiplied visions and have given symbols through the witness of the prophets. So it gives them visions. Hmm. You notice in Daniel, remember we looked at Daniel as a prophet of God, and what happened to him? He was given visions and dreams. Visions and dreams. That's right. And we also know that before God does anything, anything at all, on this earth, and we're talking about last some really heavy things happening in the last days. Mm. That he says in Amos chapter three verse seven, it says God reveals His secrets to us through His prophets. He does nothing until He reveals His secrets. That's right. So that's very important that we spend time in the prophetic scriptures to understand what God is planning on doing and what's going to happen. You know, as things wrap up on this planet. Yeah. We also have in Numbers chapter twelve verse six. Now this is the incident where Aaron and Miriam challenge. Moses. Oh, they did. They challenged him, didn't they? That's right. They challenged him because uh, they Miriam was upset because he'd married a woman that had a darker skin. Yes. And um, then God said to them, look, you be very careful when you talk about my servant Moses because he's not like a typical prophet. He is a he's great than a prophet. He's actually better than a prophet. And um, it says in verse 6, then he said, that's God says, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, 
I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak to him face to face, wow. even plainly and not in dark sayings. Yeah, so he's, he's saying that, that through most of the time through prophets, he talks through visions and dreams. And he also says that in uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, that he speaks to prophets through visions and dreams. Now, we can even go and look at um, you know some of the New Testament prophets. And we can go to Second Peter, Second Peter, chapter one, verse nineteen to twenty-one. Okay, it says, and we also have a more sure word of prophecy, which you do well to hear, as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit works through people, doesn't it? Mm. The ho- to, so we just looked at, just we're going to just just briefly, we've just looked at God's way of speaking to men and women as well. There were also women prophets as well throughout the Bible. That's there, true. There wasn't it wasn't just men; it was men and women. And so we've just looked at the ways that God speaks to men and women. Uh, through visions and dreams primarily, and he, through the Holy Spirit. And he reveals secrets to uh, to us through mm. his prophets. Right. Well, look, one of the things that we've already discussed there is Matthew 24 and verse 24, where Jesus gives us some warning against false prophets in the last days. So this is very important that we unpack this from a biblical perspective to understand exactly what God is warning us against so we don't want to be deceived by false prophets, but at the same time, we do not want to reject true prophets of the Lord. That's right. So we want to go through the biblical tests of a prophet to understand this. And dear listener, we're just going to take a break here, and we'll come back right after this short message. Stay tuned. As you look back at the Reformation, which began 500 years ago on October the 31st, 1517, there are several major events that are pretty well forgotten. In August of 1572, King Charles IX of France ordered the killing of a group of French Huguenots, Protestants. By the time the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre was over, as many as 30,000 people had been killed. Protestants were ruthlessly persecuted, and it was not until the French Revolution that they gained equal rights in France. What kind of person or people perpetrate that kind of utter wickedness? Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? What kind of person? anyone at all. The heart can be extremely wicked when God's fear and love have been removed. Human nature follows just one selfish direction, but Christ in your heart creates a new you, gives you a new heart. I'm John Bradshaw for It Is Written. Let's live today by every word. Dear listener, welcome back. We are just going to unpack further our study regarding prophecy and the importance of it, because we know there will be false prophets in the last days, but there will also be true prophets. We are not to despise prophecy. So, Colin, where do we go next in our, in our search in the Scriptures regarding prophets? So we're going to look at seven biblical tests, Etienne, okay. of a true prophet. Hmm. So we're going to go to the Bible, and so we can identify a true prophet. Uh, the first one is found in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. Oh, that's a good text. Yes, it says there, To the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So they have to speak to what? The first one out of the seven, it says they speak not according to this word, is because there is no light in them. That's right. So 
every word that a prophet says, right, must be in accordance with the Bible. That's right, with the law and the testimony. The testimony is obviously the words of the prophets. Which is also proof of being inspired by the Holy Spirit mm, because all the other prophets were inspired by the Holy so Spirit. So one prophet of God will agree with another prophet of God. There wouldn't be contradictions. That's right. Yeah. So one that one says to the law and the testimony, is that right? Yes, if they speak not according to this word, there is no light in them. They're going to uphold God's law. Mm. So a prophet is saying the law is done away with. They're not upholding God's law. Absolutely. Straight away, not. that should be a danger signal for us. And the other thing is they also will not encourage people in their sin. They would actually convict people of sin because it's one of the work of the Holy Spirit is to reprove of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. So we, we read, for example, in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 16 and 17, it says, Thus says the Lord God, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. They continually say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. Mm. So straight away, you know, I don't know. I've read um, the Spirit of Prophecy, the writings of Ellen G. White. Mm, mm. And I tested her writings. And all her writings, she quotes the Bible. Yes. And not just the New Testament, but right through the Old Testament, and everything I've read of her agrees with the Bible. So it must agree with the Bible. And even in John chapter 16, verse 13, it talks about Jesus says, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth mm. through God's word. So the first one is uh, we looked at Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 before. We've already looked at that one. And so uh, they'll speak in visions and dreams. That's right. And we looked at Isaiah 8.20. So the, the prophet's sayings are totally consistent with all the Holy Spirit has already revealed in Scripture. Mm, that's right. To the law and testament, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. Yeah, the law here is reference to the law of Moses, mm. the first five books of the Old Testament, which also contains the Ten Commandments, law and testimony is reference to the rest of the Old Testament. Mm. And by extension, including the New Testament, which also contains the testimony of Jesus Christ. Yes, which we find in Revelations twelve seventeen, they both go together to explain the law of Moses means in mankind's practical experience. So another one, true prophets will reprove other prophets' sins rather than conspire to support one another's claims. Okay. I've also seen in the prophets of Jerusalem and a horrible thing, they commit adultery and walk in lies. So let's read Jeremiah 23, verse 14. Jeremiah 23, verse 14. Also, I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They also strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turns back from his wickedness. All of them are like Sodom to me and their inhabitants like Gomorrah. Well, so they reprove other prophets. That's right. But these obviously are false prophets. They're no longer walking in the spirit of the Lord. That's for sure. And then Jeremiah 23 verse 16. Right, we've read that one yet, yeah, 16, where they you know, they make people worthless by the prophesying things, that's, visions of their own heart. That's right. Mm. Now let's go to Jeremiah 28, verse 9. Jeremiah okay. 28, verse 9. True prophets' predictions must come to pass, it's, all of them. Yeah, and it says... Unless for, they're conditional. Unless, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, conditional, we, we can unpack that perhaps a little bit more to have people understand yes. that. But it says, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. Wow. The prophet which prophesies of peace when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall prophet be known that the Lord has truly sent them. Mm. 
Uh, true prophets lead people to repentance and humility before God and to love their fellow human beings. Yes. They never lead people to become competitive, prideful, or self-exalting. And let's read Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, which Jesus is talking about, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Even so, every good tree bringeth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. Mm. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit, mm. whereby their fruits you shall know them. That's right. So you'll know them by their fruits in their lives. Mm. And this is all in connection between beware of false prophets from verse 15 through to verse 20 there of Matthew 7. Yeah. yeah that's clear. Now, here's an interesting one. True prophets confess that Jesus came in our fallen human nature or fallen flesh. Mm. Yet he got the victory over every sin and all sin, just as we can, through connection with his Father and our Father. So let's go to 1 John chapter 4, verse 2. It says, But by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit, this is verse 3 now, every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Wow. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, just to verify that thou confess Jesus came in our fallen human flesh. Yes. Yet he got the victory over every sin and all sin, just as we can. It says, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. That's right. So they're going to say Jesus was tempted at all points like we are. Mm. So number six, true prophets have no strength or breath of their own while in vision, but supernatural strength from God. Now we can go to look at what happened to Daniel when he had his visions and dreams. What happened to Daniel? And we can read that in Daniel chapter 10, verse 17. Okay, it says, For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Wow, so there's no breath left in him. Mm. Okay, number seven. True prophets exalt Christ alone, but never their own abilities. And we can read that. In John chapter 1, verse 15, where John the Baptist was a true prophet. And he talks about, you know, John bear witness of him, crying, saying, this is, this, is, this is what Jesus said about John. It says, John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. That's right. So a true prophet will edify and uplift Christ. So there'll be, there'll be some humility and so we have some different things. A true prophet, predictions come true. Another one, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 and 4, a prophet words edify the church. They're to edify and build up the church. So we've got some how to tell a true from a false now. Mm-hmm. Okay, It says there in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 14, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. And he who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. That's right. So will we have the gift of prophecy in the last days? Well, yeah, I believe so. I think the Bible does teach that. Right. Or Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It talks about prophecy as one of the gifts of the Spirit. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. 
There you go. So do we have pastors today? Yes, we do. Do we have teachers today? We do. So we're going to we have, have evangelists as well. We're going to have all the gifts, including the gift mm. of prophecy. And, and, and in the context of it all, it says it's there for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And for what purpose? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And again, so this sequence of events takes place. You have the prophecy which equips the saints, it edifies the body of Christ until we come to this knowledge of the Son of Man and the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. And then what happens? That we will no longer be tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plottings. And Jesus said, especially in the last days, there will be a lot of cunning craftiness and deceitful plottings, many deceptions. Mm. But then it says, may speak the truth in love and may grow up. So this is this continued growth of sanctification in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ. Also, prophecy will be active in the last days. Joel chapter 2, verse 27 and 28. That's Joel chapter 2, verse 27 and 28. Will prophecy be active in the last days? And the Bible makes it clear that in the last days, what does it say, Edian? Okay, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And on my manservant and on my maidservant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's right. So in the last days, there will be the gift of prophecy. We also look in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. God's people who await Christ's return are to lack none of the spiritual gifts. Okay, it says, so that you come short in no gift eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll have all the gifts. Mm. And also we looked at Revelation 12, verse 17, where we looked at the two identifying marks of God's last day true followers will keep the commandments of God and they will have the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's right, yes. And we can see that on Revelation 19, verse 10, to verify mm. that. So now that we know that we're going to have prophecy in the last day, we know how to tell a true prophet from a false prophet. How should we relate to the gift of prophecy? I mean, how should we treat those who have given the gift of prophecy? Yes. Now, we can go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Hmm, it's a short little text there. It says, do not despise prophecies. So we're not to despise prophecy, hmm. are we? And also, we can go to Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20 where it tells us, God tells us, that when we listen to God's prophets, right, there's something that will happen to us, something positive. And so that's in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Okay, this is uh, Jehoshaphat speaking. It says, So they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now, let's say if you don't believe God's prophets, hmm. what happens to people who don't obey or listen to God's prophets? We can go to Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, verse 23. So the Acts chapter 3, verse 23, this talks about what happens to people who ignore the prophet's words of instruction. Okay, it says, And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Wow, that's pretty serious. Um, pretty, pretty very, clear, very serious stuff. Not listening 
to the prophet's words. Mm. And we can also verify that in Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 14 to 17, the tragic results of mocking God's prophets. Okay. It says, Moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgressed more and more according to all the abominations of the nations and defiled the house of the Lord which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his word, and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of God arose against his people till there was no remedy. Amazing. So here we have a warnings of when we don't obey God's prophets and positive when we do listen. Now, interesting um, in 1844, when the three angels' message was to go out to the world, you know, this last message to go out to the world, it's interesting, isn't it, right then at that time that God gives visions and dreams to a 16- or 17-year-old girl. Mm. Uh, her name was Ellen Harmon at the time. Later on, she married and became Ellen G. White. Now, this young lady had over 2,000 visions and dreams over her lifetime. And she wrote down all those, everything she wrote on those visions and dreams mm. pertaining to God's people. And you look at her life and you look at her writings. And interesting, when she went into a vision or dream, it says there was no breath in her. Mm. And they even brought along doctors who weren't of the faith to inspect her while she was having a vision and dream. Sometimes these things lasted for, you know, two or three hours where there was no breathing. Mm. And doctors checked her out, and she wasn't breathing. And she was into visions, and even wide awake. So she was like wide awake, but gone into some vision. And she was looking up, usually, looking up in the sky, her hands outreached. And she wrote these visions down. So everything I've read from Ellen White in the Spirit of Prophecy, and I've read a lot of stuff from her, I found it is in line with God's Word. Amen. She uplifted the law of God. Mm. Remember, to the law and testimony. She uplifted the word of God. She had the visions and dreams exactly like Daniel had. Yeah. There was no breath in her. So somehow she was kept alive and there was, she wasn't breathing while she was having while she was in vision. There's many things I could go through that many prophecies she, she said would happen actually happened. So the predictions came true. You look at her, she reproved sin. Mm. Um she edified the church. She yes. was basically building up, edifying the church. The messages she gave harmonized with the previous prophets in the Old Testament and mm, New Testament. Mm. The fruit known in her life. You know, I've uh, spoken to people who you know who've written about who met her. She was just the loveliest person ever. Yeah, she was a lovely Christian person. She would going out doing good. She would get food and give it to the poor and do things like that. So she mm. there was fruits in her life, and she wrote over like a million pages, particularly about. Uh, instruction to God's last day people of of the of the problems they're going to have mm. of the of the different heresies that are going to come into the church the uh, Satan's attack on the church yeah, so and, she, I, and she was given a hard time as well by a lot of people you know we just read there in Second Chronicles thirty six you know verse sixteen says that they mocked the messengers of the God despised His word and scoffed at His prophets so there were people who still scoff I mean you can you can go and and, and research information, you're going to find good and bad against God's prophets. In the in the Bible, you find it, and you'll find it online even nowadays as well. So don't be surprised if you have people who rise up in opposition against true prophets, because that has always been the case in God's in, in God's word. So I, I encourage you. I, um, I remember that someone had in me a book 
on the on a beach, and it led me to read a book called The Great Controversy by Ellen G. White. Mm. Absolutely amazing book. You know, I was reading that book, and I'm thinking, this is just not from a normal person. Yes. And I've written the book. I read the book Desire of Ages and Steps mm, to Christ. Great book. Just wonderful books, and incredible insight and warning, uh, uplifting. Yeah. Uh, uplifts Jesus right throughout. Quotes the Bible right throughout her writings, continually quoting the Bible of what she's writing. It's a, a book that written by her as well as a book that changed my life and brought me to the Lord and actually brought me to closer Bible study. And that was a book called Patriarchs and Prophets. I started reading that and it changed my life. Yeah. So, I mean, the fruit is evident that people are drawn to the God, the creator of heaven and earth. But we know from time to time, you know, there's false prophets who prophesy falsely and these things don't come to pass. Occasionally they'll prophesy something, even though they're a false prophet, and it does happen. But that in itself is not a sign. Because we've got a number of tests. We've got a number of tests. But there's one in Deuteronomy chapter 13, for example, where we read Moses is saying this. is if there arises amongst you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass of which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet of that or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put that evil from your midst. So basically here is, uh, was, was that Moses? Moses was writing Here's that, Moses yes. saying, hey, listen, you know, even if someone does come along, Right and prophesy something and it comes true. Yeah, if they don't believe in God, yeah, or the commandments of God, the commandments of God, or try and draw your way to another God which is not one of the they're Bible. False. They're, they're false. They're false. That's, That's why right. there's a number of tests. Obviously, mm. that you have visions and dreams. There wasn't breathing. There's fruits. Um, there's reproving of sin, but they must adhere to the testimony and the law that's gone before them. Mm. So they must uphold God's law. If a prophet is not upholding God's law, straight away that tells you something. Let me ask you a question. Did any of the prophets in the whole Bible mm. do away with God's law? None. Absolutely none You will none not of find yeah. one of them in the Old Testament or the New Testament. Mm. All the apostles and Paul uplifted God's law. And they all agreed and testified of the testimonies that had gone before them. Mm, Sometimes they expanded that and gave more information. And so this is what I, so what I've read, when I've read Ellen White's writings, okay, uh, she lived over 100 years ago. She died in, I think, uh, I think it was 1915. And so, but she's left everything we can, we can read, her writings. And so when you read it, she quotes the Bible right through her writings. Mm. She uplifts God and Jesus Christ. You just see, she, I've never seen anyone write so much uplifting about Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, so I really encourage you to, to read her writings for yourself, not just some internet, you know, Google thing where someone makes a comment on the internet. Because, mm. you know, back in even Jesus' days, they said he was from Satan. You know what I mean? Right, the word yes, is saying, yes, yes. You, you know, you're the devil, you know, you're a false Christ, you're false this and that. Just read it yourself. Mm. Read it yourself and check out the Bible, what she's saying and quoting the Bible. Because, um, you know, over the next few lessons or radio programs, we're going to be 
looking at some of the prophecies she's said align with the Bible. Let me just give you one of them to leave with one or two of them okay, here. Okay, great. She talks about in special testimonies on education, page 132. She says, do you believe that the Lord is coming and that the last great crisis is about to break upon the world? She goes on to say there will be soon be a sudden change in God's dealings. The world in its perversity is being visited by casualties, by floods, storms, fires, earthquakes, famines, wards, and bloodshed. Sounds like she's just reading the news today. That's right. By floods, storms, fires, earthquakes. She goes on. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, yet he will not at all acquit the wicked. She's there quoting uh, Exodus, by the way, mm. Exodus in Moses' day. The Lord has his way in the whirlwood and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Oh, that men might understand the patience and long suffering of God. He is putting under restraint his own attributes. His omnipotent power is under the control of the omnipotent one. Oh, that men should, would understand that God refuses to be wearied out with the word's perversity and still holds out to the hope of forgiveness, even to the most undeserving. Mm. But his forbearance will not always continue. Who is prepared for the sudden change that will take place in God's dealing with sinful men? Who will be prepared to escape the punishment that will certainly fall upon transgressions? And we're seeing these things happen before our very eyes today. Mm. We're seeing a sudden change in God's dealing with sinful men. We can see the world getting more wicked yes. where we're promoting anything goes against God's word. Yeah. You know, we're even changing our own laws. Mm. Uh, to, and she goes, and I believe it's urgent we know where we're living in the time. We know that the hour of God's prophetic time clock has reached. Our eternal destiny depends on it. We need spiritual leaders who have understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. That's in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. We need spiritual leaders who can look at God's word and spirituality and, and help us to know what's going on and what to do. And I believe God has a prophetic timetable um, for this world, what's going on. Mm. And I believe that timetable is coming to an end for God's history. You remember God told Abraham that his descendants would be captives in a foreign land for 400 years. Yes. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 13 to 14. Mm. And God's word came to pass just as predicted. Israel, Abraham's descendants, came captives, slaves in Egypt. They struggled in Egypt for over 400 years. Mm. Then God's prophetic time clock reached the hour of their deliverance. And God's word tells us, or word tells us, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 40 to 41, yeah, and it says, Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years, and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. On the selfsame day, Incredible. just as God had predicted over 400 years later. Mm. And the phrase, the selfsame day, indicates the deliverance of Israel took place at the exact time God had preordained it to take place. Mm. God's prophetic clock reached the hour of Israel's deliverance from Egypt. And Israel entered another captivity hundreds of years later because of their transgression against God. He allowed them to be overthrown by the nation Babylon, and many were led into captivity by the enemy. Again, God foretold how long that captivity would last. Mm. In Jeremiah 25, verse 12, they were to remain in captivity for how long? For 70 years. Yes. And when the 70 years were accomplished and God's purpose fulfilled, God opened the way 
for his people to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their city and nation. Mm. Thank you, Colin. We're just going to take a break to share our contact details, and we'll be back right after this. Thank you for joining us on You Shall Receive Power. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249-73-3456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. Just before the break, Colin, you were talking to us about God's prophetic clock. And on the self same day that God had predicted, Israel left the land of Egypt. In Jeremiah, you spoke about the 70 years that Israel would be captive in Babylon before they would return to their land. And that happened exactly as God had said it would take place. And then what happened after that? Hundreds of years passed and Israel longed to see the fulfillment of God's promise of the coming Messiah. Mm. So all prophecies about the coming Messiah. And many Old Testament prophecies gave very specific descriptions of his coming and mission. And the Apostle Paul writes of the first event of Christ with these words in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman or made of a woman, made under the law to redeem those under the law. So God's word's clear, isn't it, Edian? Jesus came right on time at the fullness of time. Jesus came when God's prophetic clock reached the hour of his coming. And we even read that in Daniel chapter 9. God even foretold the date of Christ's baptism Mm. and his death. And again, we see that God has a specific timetable for the events of Earth's history. Nothing happens on this earth haphazardly. Everything is preordained by God. Nothing is out of his control. That is why God's promise is true. That states that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. That's in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Now, if all things were not under God's control, Satan would see to that all things did not work out for good for those who love God. God has a purpose in everything. He allows even the things that seem so terrible from our perspective. But remember, God tells us in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Mm. Thank you, Colin. That's a good uh, place just to finish up on today. And dear listener, we pray that God will continue to bless you and to prepare you for what is coming on the world soon and Jesus Christ's return. We pray that the Holy Spirit would be with you to guide and lead you and to draw you until we meet again.
You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.